John, the 21st chapter, and we'll start in verse 3. I had something totally different upon my heart and in prayer today. Boy, I'm glad we believe in praying and getting a word from the Lord. I was praying, and the Lord gave me this uh, today. This is not a new story for you, but hopefully there's no new story to you in the Word of God. But we do want to go and share the burden that's upon my heart. In John, the 21st chapter, verse 3, the Bible said, Simon Peter saith unto him, unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. That night they caught nothing. But when the morning was come, when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side. Someone say right side. Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship. On the right side of the ship. Well, it's been upon my spirit today to come and minister to you if you will help me tonight and the Lord will help me. I want to talk to you just for a little bit tonight, church, from this title that's living on the right side. Living on the right side. Let's pray. God, we sure need your help tonight. Oh, hide me behind the cross that your people may see you here from heaven tonight, God. Oh, Lord, put in my mouth the word of the Lord that it may speak clearly to your people, God. Give us power in the pulpit and action in the pew tonight. Oh, we're careful to give you thanks for everything that happens here. And everybody say in Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. I want to take my time, if that's okay, and just lay a little foundation on this story. The story is much like uh, Luke, the fifth chapter, when Jesus finds his disciples. And he picks certain disciples that are fishermen. The story is much, much like this. Some of the same things happen that happen in the first call of Apostle Peter, James, and John. We see that in the first story that they're at the same sea. One scripture says the Sea of Galilee, and it was also known as Tiberias. But we look that they're at the same sea, same type of setting except the first time Jesus is introducing himself to everyone and he walks into their boat and he uses uh, what we would learn, later learn as Apostle Peter. He uses Apostle Peter's boat before he's converted and he says, move out a little bit. I want to do some teaching because the crowd is so great. He begins to teach those about the word of the Lord. He begins to break down the word of God and then he simply turns now, he caught these guys while they were coming in, and he said, hey, let's go fishing. I've got an idea. Let's go fishing. Now, I don't know about you guys that like to fish. It's a wonderful idea before you go, but when you fished all day in the hot sun or all night, and you're ready to go home, fishing is the last thing you want to do. 
It's time for something to eat. It's time to clean up, get a good shower, quit smelling like fish and the water, and just do something else. Not call your buddies. And you know, you always call your buddies when you got a great catch, not when you don't catch anything. It's time to just kind of hide out and lick your wounds. And so Peter's probably not in the best mood to be fishing. He said, Lord, we have toiled all night. We, just, we didn't just fish. We toiled all night. We worked at it. We tried. And, and we done all that we can. But nevertheless, at thy word, because he was in the presence of God manifest in the flesh, there was something, something was happening in, in this stage that we see, in this setting, there was something that was taking place. Revelation was slowly coming to Peter. He said, this guy is teaching the word of God. He's teaching with authority and with power. So nevertheless, at thy word, not because I want to, not because I desire to, I'm really ready to go home. There's sometimes you've got to act on faith because the word of God has come to you. And Peter had a revelation of one thing. If this man has power behind him, I want the power. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'm going to let down. And he lets down the net. They all let down their nets. And the, the, uh, the catch of fish was so great that the nets began to break. That's what the Bible said. They had to get help. And they brought in, and it was a great catch. Peter, he falls down before the Lord. Lord, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. I'm a sinful man. So on and so forth. Now, they have walked with Jesus in the setting that we have read. They have seen blind eyes open. They have seen uh, Jesus walk up to a fig tree that was, that was not producing figs but leaves only. And he cursed it. And within just a few hours, it's dried up. They have saw demons come out of people. They have saw people that cannot walk begin to walk. They have had the word taught to them in special sessions with just the Lord and the twelve. They have had special instructions from the Lord, prophecies. It was Peter that was with the Lord and he had the revelation of who Jesus Christ was, God manifest in the flesh, the Son of God. And he realized who he was and he said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, not upon Peter, but upon the message he would give Peter. That's the rock Christ Jesus, that chief cornerstone. He said, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so it was a prophecy. I'm going to use you. Whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is going to be loose in heaven. Peter, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. And you would think they'd have a Holy Ghost shout down right then. But the Holy Ghost hadn't been poured out and Peter wasn't where he needed to be with the Lord. You know, some people come in and start getting revelations, but they don't go all the way. Some people come in and get around us and God starts revealing things and drawing them, but they sit halfway between the altar and the pew and, and lost. I want to tell you, you got to go all the way. You got to go all the way with God. You can't, you can't stop between the porch and the altar. You can't get lost between the porch and the altar. You got to get all the way. Amen. And so, so uh, again, Peter has saw all kinds of miracles. All these men that went fishing with Peter, they have saw numerous miracles that you and I have not saw. They have seen uh, strange things that they could write about and tell about. 
there is power among these men. And the prophecy went forth that I'm going to destroy this temple. I'm going to rebuild it in three days. Speaking of the flesh, he was going to resurrect on the third day. And it happens just like he says. This is the third time that Jesus would appear to his disciples before his ascension into heaven. And on this third time, we see, I don't know if they, they just, their faith was low. I've heard it preached many ways. One thing I do know, they were at the wrong place. But you know, even when you get a little off track sometimes, we serve a merciful God. He'll come walking along the life shore and saying, hey, I want to remind you, I'm the God that met you in the, fir the first place. I I'm the God that called you out the first time. And it's the same scenario. They have fished and they fished all night or that night and they caught nothing. And when the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was the Lord. Now, what are you trying to say, Brother Blakely? They are in the wrong place. God has called them on the first time. He said, from henceforth, from this moment forward, I'm calling you to something greater. And I'm calling you to be a fisher of men. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something and remind you that when God calls you out of the world, we don't have any business going back to the world. When God calls you to a spiritual place, it is not for you to go back and wallow in your sin. It's not for you to go back and participate in the things that you used to participate in. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He's a new man. The Bible warns us to not be entangled in the sins that we used to be entangled in, in the warfare of this flesh. But we need to be free in Christ Jesus. But not just going back to sin, but for those that are not operating in, on the right side that they should be operating in. You see, in the first story, he didn't tell them what side to throw the net in. In the first story, he just needed their attention. But from that moment on, they were not called to fish like regular fishermen. It was important what side they were fishing on. And they happened to be on the wrong side. Now you can believe how you like to believe on this. It's not a salvation issue. We don't have a lot of biblical proof. But if I fished all night and wasn't catching anything, I guarantee you I'd have fished off both sides of the boat. I'd have fished all around the boat if I'm that desperate. But they've not caught anything. And what Jesus is trying to tell them, they don't even recognize him as the Lord. I want to tell you, when you're out of place, when you're out of place in the church, and God has called you to greater heights, and God is moving you into the spiritual realm, and God's trying to get you to walk on the right side with him, then there, there's no way to recognize God when you're on the wrong side. When you're opposite of what you should be. When you're carnal, you should be spiritual. I think Hebrews said, he said at the time that you should be teaching. Oh, somebody hear me tonight. He said at the time you ought to be teaching. At the time you ought to be helping Pastor Moats. At the time you ought to be giving Bible studies. And nobody ought to be telling you to go on outreach. You just go on outreach. Nobody ought to tell you to work for God. You just work for God. At that time, 
the writer said you would have someone that would need teach you again and give you sincere milk. When you ought to be teaching, you're being taught again. That's a bad, bad place to be. When I should be helping others, I'm always having to get help. You know what that's a product of? Living on the wrong side. That's a product of always fishing on the wrong side of the boat. What Jesus is trying to show us here in this scripture, if these men, it's not just about natural fish, and it's not about the natural boat, but they're in a location. And I'm not talking about a geographical location, but spiritually, they are wrong. Spiritually, they're in the wrong place. God has called them to not go back to their boats physically, but to walk the streets and tell the good news. And he's taught them and he spent time with them and he's reached for them and he showed them. He took them to college and back and they got one-on-one attention and teaching from the Lord. And here they are back in a carnal boat. I want to tell you, we'd have Oh, there's no telling what kind of revival we'd have in the apostolic church if we get people to grow up and stay grown up. Get people to live right and stay living right. People to walk in the spirit and stay in the spirit. Hallelujah. But they didn't even know their, their carnal state. They didn't know it was the Lord. God will hide himself when you walk in the carnal. God will hide himself when you're on the wrong side. No matter how much experience you've had. When you start walking on the wrong side, God will back up. He don't, want to, he don't want you to operate in the carnal. He wants you to operate in the spiritual. And so when they didn't catch anything, they're toiling. They're back at that moment where there's nothing. There's nothing when you're on the wrong side. You can know all about the truth. You can be raised in the truth. But when you're out on the wrong side, there's no hope. There's no satisfaction. You know that's how people get in trouble. They quit walking in the spirit. They quit praying. And they get on the wrong side. They start dabbling in things they shouldn't and they get in trouble. But here here we see the disciples don't even recognize the Lord. But the Lord, he's merciful. He pipes up. He says, children, have you any meat? And they answered him, no. More like, Some of them probably didn't go in detail what the hot-tempered Peter said. He probably said more than no. He had a thing for cussing. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Read your Bible. He cursed, cursed. I don't know the man talking about Jesus Christ. And the writer just said they said no. Probably best to leave it at that. But you mess with a guy that's fished all night. Have you any meat? Who is this guy that's walking on the shore? I'll tell you who he was. It was the Lord Jesus Christ trying to show them you're in the wrong place. And so so he said, well, I'll tell you what you ought to do. You ought to cast out on the right side. Don't you know there was some revelation that started turning when Peter heard that? The right, how does this guy know where we've been fishing? What does it matter what side of the boat? We're the commercial fishermen. Throw out something sounds familiar. You know, I'm thankful for mercy that even when we're in a backslidden state sitting on the pew that God can reach out and throw out familiar things in the word of God and reach our cold hearts. 
And here he, he hears this. And these men hear this. And they said, well, we'll throw out on the right side. Could it be the Lord? And they cast therefore. And now he takes this almost to the present. And now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that his disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, John says, it is the Lord. And when Peter heard this, the first thing he done was put his clothes on. Wouldn't you? This world don't mind taking their clothes off because they don't have Jesus Christ. You get Jesus Christ living in you, you'll put your clothes on. Let me tell you, go a little further deeper in the spiritual side of it. We'll fool with things we shouldn't while we're carnal, but when the Lord starts dealing with us, we'll start covering up. We'll start getting rid of sin. We'll still start getting where we need to be and ought to be. Peter knew where he was supposed to be and how he was supposed to approach the Lord. He put on his clothes, and guess what he done? He dove into the water. You know, that's what he was supposed to do spiritually before he ever went fishing was jump on in. God is trying to show us something. When you get finally get on the right side, you just go all the way. And so he, he jumps in and he forgets to help everybody else. He cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship and they, they began dragging the net uh, with fishes. Now I want you to notice something. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Well, I'm talking to you. Isn't that talent? We're trying here. I can do that sometimes. I got six kids. My wife can do it better than I. She's standing here and talk about three different things at one time and still not know what she's talking about. <laughs> I'm teasing. I got to ride home with her. Amen. She drove me up here for the last 20 minutes and I had heart failure on the way. We may have to stop by the Baptist hospital if she drives back. Hey, Amen. I'm teasing. Don't give up on me. But, but the net was full of fishes. And so when, when, they, when they cast the net in on the right side, he said, you shall find that God's not going to tell you to do something that ain't going to work. When you're walking in the Spirit, always works. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. Peter leaves them, he girds himself, he casts him into the sea, and the other disciples came in a little ship, and they're dragging the net with fishes. Do you know the first time that this happened, the net broke? Because they were living in the carnal, and Jesus was trying to reach them. But notice the difference in verse 11. He went up, Peter drew the net to land. It was full of great fishes, 153. And for all that were so many, yet was not the net broken. I want to tell you, when God gets in the middle of what's happening, he's got enough room for all the fish you can hold. That net will never break. When you catch in the carnal, nets break. When you catch in the spiritual. Hey, let me, let me just preach to some men tonight and some women. You can strive to do good in business, but you ought to walk in the spirit even in your business. You, you do good on your job and go to the top, my brother, my sister, but you ought to walk in the spirit on the job because you can't handle it. That's why tithing is so important. It keeps us aligned. 
It keeps us aligned. Paying our tithe and offering keeps us aligned and in submission with the word of God. Someone said it's not paying tithes. We're just giving them back to God. They're already his. The whole 100% is his. What tithing does is keeps us submitted to the will of God and it keeps your net from breaking. You try to work that job, you try, you go ahead and you try to raise that business up and not tithe and your nets will start breaking every time. Something's going to fall apart. But when you get in the will of God and you start walking in the spirit and you're doing God's way, there's a plan, there's a flow that nothing's going to break. Hallelujah. And so they drew this net. There's 300, I'm sorry, 153. Now there's a lot of significance they feel in studying this. I'm not even going to bring all that up with that number, but a lot of things it can mean. But uh, for the most part, the only thing I will say is at that time, what we can find uh, in history, at that time, they thought, they thought there were about 150, only 153 uh, fish species. So if that was the case, I don't know. I don't know how many is there today. I just kind of like eating crappie and bass, and that's about it. Maybe some walleyes, clean fish, catfish if it's done right. That's, that's four or five species. That's all I'm caring about. May throw a trout in there or salmon so I can get six or seven. But I don't know who counted it up, but they said if that was the case, then Jesus was letting them know it represents everything that's in there. Amen. It represents all the revival you need. Oh, I'm telling you, this is a revival for all nations. It's a revival no matter where you come from, who your mama is, who your daddy is. Even so many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. I'm not done yet. Don't get excited. We're just getting started tonight. He said, come and dine. Now, you know, isn't it something when you, when you live on the carnal side, you got to go cook your own fish. But when you live in the spiritual realm and the church functions and operates on the right side, Jesus said, why are you out there doing that? You ought to be working for me. I already have fish for you. I come with a word for somebody today to tell you if you'll get involved in the spiritual realm and you'll learn to get behind this man of God and pray. I've heard about this prayer revive you're doing. Get involved in it and pray. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen on the outside. I know. I know we got to work and we got to manage and, but we can't throw that aside. But when you turn it over to God and you walk in the spirit, there's fish that you think you got to go for there's fish that's already baking now I'm going to be honest with you y'all praying 52 52 nights together right I'm going to be honest with you if I told all my Baptist friends and guy that they'd say now them folks crazy matter of fact they kind of think we're crazy they just know that I love them I go and drink coffee with everybody. I got Church of Christ friends, Baptist. I'm friends with everybody. Now, there's only one truth. Only one way to be baptized. One Lord, one faith. And they know I believe that. But somebody said, well, I ain't been friends with the world. I'm not talking about running buddies, but I'm going to be friends with them. How are you going to catch them? <laughs> 52 nights in a row sounds a little extreme to the flesh. 
And you say, well, man, I've got things I need to be doing. I could be doing this, and I could be, and you could be catching all those fish. More than likely, if you go on the church's praying, you ain't going to catch anything. And I'm going to tell you, there's a God of heaven that knows what you need. He knows what you need. He's already got the fire. He already has the wood. He already has the fish. All you got to do is come and eat. All you got to do is enjoy the blessings of God. Well, let's love the Lord. Let's love him. Hallelujah. 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 Now, I brought you to this point. To bring you to Matthew the 6th chapter, Jesus said, you've got to throw out on the right side. Some say, well, that's a geographical location. Well, maybe it is, maybe it ain't. We're talking about the Godhead, it means power. You've got to stay in the power. You can go that a lot of ways, but, but I want to tell you, being right, being right really matters with God. Well, I think God accepts you anyways. Maybe you're right, but if the Bible says it, now, I think you're wrong, and the Bible says you're wrong. <laughs> Maybe you can be accepted anyway. If God wants to accept you, that's his business. But I won't try to do it right. God said I can't come to him just anyway. God said if you, if you come to me any other way, you're a thief and a robber. You can't go around the door. You can't go over. you got to go through the door. He said, I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father. Speaking of the Spirit, you can't get on the right side if you don't go through repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. If you're going to do it right, why would you take a chance with salvation? Why would you gamble with your soul? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the washing away of your sins, and you shall receive. You know what happens? You get on the right side. Amen. But here we are in Matthew, the sixth chapter. And Jesus, I'm going to just jump off into this. I don't have a lot of time left. But Jesus said, when thou prayest, Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. They have their reward. Men see them. That's what they really wanted. They receive their reward. But when the church, someone say the church. God expects the church to pray. He said when you pray. If you're part of the church, you're going to pray. When you pray. He didn't say if you pray. He said when you pray. This is the way you pray. You enter. And to that closet. Now that's not throwing out corporate prayer. When you come together as a church, you still enter in the closet. He said, this is the way you pray. You enter in that closet. And when thou hast shut to thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret. You see, Peter and them, they were out on the water. They said, we got to get out there. What they didn't understand, they took care of the right part. They already had the fish. They might even got more of a miracle. That might have just been a sample of what they, come on and eat. It could have been a feast. They'd have been taken, it could have been that they brought more men to the feast. Oh, hallelujah. But he says, when you get into the closet, shut the door. And when your father sees you in secret, he's going to reward you openly. So the first thing he said is to enter in. Now, at home, I've got a door made. I preached on this for, oh, mercy, I don't know, eight, ten months, or eight or ten weeks and I've got a door made, and that's what we sign in for prayer, or not sign in prayer, but sign our lost loved ones' names on the miracles we need to see done. It's a dry erase board 
uh, I don't know how they done it. I had somebody to build it. Put it on the door. And uh, one night in church, I got so stirred up, they finally got that door made. I began to preach, and I said, man, I challenged somebody to walk through the door with me. I walked around, I turned around, my dad walks through the door. I wasn't really talking about him walking right now. Every one of the church family got up, kids and all, and walked through the door. And I'm telling you, that door ain't that. Some of us was doing this to get through it. But I'm telling you, there is a spiritual door that you and I cannot see. It's only saw in the spirit. And Jesus said, if you're going to pray, you've got to get alone. You've got to enter in. You know, there's a lot of people there's a lot of people. What are you talking about? I'm talking about living on the right side. You got to live on the right side. That's the side that Jesus said. You got to get through the door. You got to get on the right side of the door. On this side of the door, nothing we do makes sense. You may be sitting here tonight and say, man, I just don't understand apostolics. Quit worrying about that. We got a girl in our church. She was a young Baptist girl. And she was a great, great young lady, I'm sure, growing up. But she dressed like the world. She talked like the world. And she come to church. She said, boy, it really bothered me the way y'all dress. Your ladies, they didn't wear certain things. They didn't, they didn't cut their hair and so on and so forth. She said, well, I struggle with that. She said, one night I decided. And she was witnessing to her mom. She said, one night I decided. I'm not going to worry about that anymore. I don't understand what they're doing. You can't, the Bible said you can't see the kingdom of God without the Holy Ghost. Without being born again of the water and spirit. And so... She did the right thing. She said, I'm not worried about that anymore. I'm going to enjoy what I feel, and I'm going to do, I'm going to do what God leads me to do. And you know what she, God led her to do? She repented. She is baptized in Jesus' name. She received the Holy Ghost. In her repentance, she started changing the way she looked. After she got baptized in Jesus' name, received the Holy Ghost, she said, Mama, you just have to take it from me. I didn't understand it till I got the Holy Ghost, but when I got the Holy Ghost, it all made sense. She said, and I don't want to dress like the world anymore. I don't want to talk like the world anymore. I'm making some of you nervous tonight. You act like we're going to sneak this up on guests and they don't look at you and see how you're dressing. Come on, they see how we dress. They see how we act. They ought to see how we act right on the right side. He said, enter in. There's a lot of people that want somebody else to enter in. There's a young generation that wants mama and daddy to enter into the closet for them and do the praying. There's there's some young couples that that even I pastor that if I could get them to pray and get on the right side of the door, all things would be made better in their life. But they struggle financially and they struggle in their home and they struggle in their business and they wonder why can't I get it right? Because they're looking for somebody else to go. You gotta go in yourself. You gotta open the door and walk in that door. You got to get on the right side. Mama can't get on the right side. It don't matter how grandma, how many hours she prayed for you. You still got to be the one to get on the right side of the door or the blessing's never going to find you. You got to make the decision tonight. Shut the door, Jesus said. Well, that's one of the biggest problems we have. I got to hurry. Man, I gotta hurry. There's no benefit to praying if you leave the door open. Worst thing they ever invented for prayer time is one of these. For us pastors and everybody else. Today I went to pray. Poor secretary, she had to answer all the calls. I mean, there's people trying to text right now, and I'm trying to preach. <laughs> we'll answer that afterwards. How about that? Y'all don't want to pastor with me, do you? <laughs> 
But I said, hey, you're going to have to answer these calls. I got to get, get alone for a while. Shut the door. Shut distractions. Sometimes you got to shut out others. Man, we're just going to pretend we're in guys. This is the way I'm preaching God. Mama, we, you know, we teach come by the church every day. Pray. Mama, you bring them babies. Brother and Sister Blakely know about that, praying with babies. Sometimes it's a deep prayer meeting. Sometimes it's a bear the rod prayer meeting. Since these twins have turned two, it's more like carry two rods to prayer meeting. I'm being funny, but sometimes, Mama, you may have to get the babies and walk and pray. You may have to bring them a little toy or something and let them pray. And let you pray. But by all means, don't let it hinder you. I, I, I teach our young mothers. I know it's tough. It's tough. Coming by the church sometimes isn't always the most fruitful for you you feel like. It's a lot more fruitful than you realize. Because even though you're wrestling with that child, sometimes God sees what you're doing. But you know, there's a part of life we can control. Sometimes you've got to get up in the morning. Sometimes you've got to get up in the middle of the night. Sometimes you got to lay them down for a nap so that you can shut yourself in with God. I've seen mamas backslide because they're so busy with kids. Okay, let's go to number two here. <laughs> All the women say amen. <laughs> All the men be quiet. Don't say amen. It gets you in trouble like me. The purpose is to be alone with him. So, man, I don't have time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the creator. This is not just anybody we want to be with. This, this is God Almighty we want to be alone with. We got to shut our unbelief out. Our worldly desires. Hold on, hold on. We got to hurry. There's something else you got to shut out. There's times people fail. You got to come to God and shut out your failures. The devil will sit there on your shoulder while you're trying to pray and get somewhere and live on the right side. And he'll tell you how wrong you are. I want to tell you something. When you're in an altar and you're under a pew and you're down praying, you ain't on the wrong side. You're getting on the right side. It don't matter what the devil says. You just got to keep on. Don't even waste your time rebuking him. The Bible says submit to the Lord. Matter of fact, I think you preach that in our church. Submit and resist. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to flee. Then he says, pray. You shut the door. And that's when the prayer meeting starts. This is the only environment that Christians really grow on the inside. Now, I appreciate all of our holiness standards. I believe in them from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. But you can't just grow on the outside. You've got to grow on the inside. As much as God will show you in holiness, he'll show you how to love people. He'll show you how to overcome bitterness. You'll have a preacher to preach. Well, how does this have to do with prayer? A preacher preach to you, and then I'll just tell you about my flesh. I've got to go home and pray about it sometime. But oh, what joy when I get along with God. Woo, when, I walk, when I'm on the right side, preaching always makes sense. When I get people on the right side, when I'm preaching, they're always helping me. I can look out and tell who's on the wrong side at my church. I can't hear tonight. I wouldn't even try I'm not the pastor, so I get to go home, stir all the devils up, and run off. Kind of like an evangelist. Man, don't you love them evangelists? Stir it up and leave. 
Only problem is he's my friend. He'll call and tell me what I stirred up and say, man, you just caused me trouble. I'm teasing. He wouldn't do that. I'm, te- I'm teasing. Don't you come back. <laughs> well, living for God's good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, devil's a liar. He'll tell you you need to be on one side, and you know what side to be on. You don't have time to pray. You ought to pray. You don't have time to really get alone. Oh, just go ahead and shut the door in his face. Go ahead and enter in and buckle down. There's a prayer meeting that God's wanting to talk to you in. I'm trying to hurry. I'm almost done. But many people, they get in the door, folks, and they never go past that door. They don't live. They're in and out, in and out. That's a terrible place to be. You know, if you're not careful, that swinging door hits you. Knock you on out. It'll never knock you in. You don't get thrown into the spirit. It'll knock you out. You stay one foot in, one side, one foot on the other side. You can't live like that. You got to sell out and get all the way. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You got to make up your mind. I'm going to get along with God. I'm going to live on the right side. That's how you live on the right side. It sounds so complex. New converts say, man, how do you do all this? I'll tell you how you learn to pray. And the rest will follow. Because you, when you pray, you want to hear preaching. When you pray, you want somebody to step on your toes and get a hold of your flesh and say, hey, you got to live right. You can't commit adultery. You can't commit fornication. You got you to quit wearing tight clothes. You get the Holy Ghost, you'll say, hey, preach some more of that kind of preaching. When you pray, that's when we grow. It's when the times that we get revelations from God. You know, the Bible teaches us about Him. But there's only way, only one way you can commune with God. And that's through being on the other side of the door. In closing tonight as I come to the music, the scripture's been upon me for some time, for a couple of weeks now. And I appreciate one of our branch works, Conway. He says, likewise, the Spirit... Romans 8 and 26, Paul said, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now, a lot of times people say, We don't know how to pray. They said Jesus teaches to pray, and he gave them instructions. He gave them a manner to pray, a pattern of prayer. But what the Scripture says is we don't, we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. We don't really know how to direct the prayers. You see, God teaches us how to come to him in prayer. And get on that right side. But when you get in the spirit, that's when them deep prayers start moving God. That's when God starts praying through you and it's on the right side. It's when you've shut the door and it's past repenting of any failures. And it's past forgiving others. And it's past praying for daily bread. And it's past the Lord's prayer, but it's in the depths of the spirit the Lord's prayer is designed to lead us here. He said the things that we don't know how really to pray for. We, don't, we know how to pray. We just don't know how to pray. For we don't know how to put words with what we're praying. We don't, sometimes you don't even know. But when you live on the right side, a burden will hit you. So I don't know what to do about this situation on my job. You know, there's just some things that's bigger than me. There's a lot in life I figured out that I can't control. Make some things line up in life. But if I can get on the right side, if I can live on the right side, I've got a God I can go to. 
not even knowing how to put it in words. So many of times I've laid in the church floor. Nobody's around. Many times after church, lock the door. Daddy, you come on. You ready to go eat Sunday dinner? Yeah, I'm ready. Tell you what, why don't you go with Mama? I'll be there in just a little while. Something starts churning. I don't know. I'm preaching. And I'm burdened for somebody, and I know I'm not reaching them. What do you do? I just go somewhere and say, God, I don't even know how to pray for them. But I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to agonize. Somewhere the Bible said there's a place of groanings. Moaning and groaning in the spirit. But you can't do it on the first side of the door. You've got to go through the right side. You've got to get where God's at. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. Would you lift up your voice and pray with me right now? God knows what we need. If we learn to trust Him and walk in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. The things we try to work out, God's already got them taken care of. If we can learn to trust God and cast our cares upon God. Come on, I need you to pray with me right now. God's dealing with souls right now. Church, God's dealing with the lost right now. You've been praying. Come on, if you're on the right side, help me pray. Come on, let's love him. I'll tell you what I feel tonight. I've been preaching up against a wall, and it isn't you good people. It was a spirit that met me here when I stood on this platform. And it's not coming from you good people. But I got a warning for somebody. This don't fit very good, I know. But I, and I fear the Lord. This is not really my character to do this, but it's the work of the Lord if he chooses to stop things. For the whole time I'm preaching, I keep feeling what I felt when song service first started. I keep feeling so much, Brother Mojo, over and over. Somebody's in trouble with God. God's allowed you mercy. He's allowed you to come. Get familiar with things, and God's pulling on you. But it's like when I stood behind this fence tonight. I started, I started seeing like a scene. I can't describe everything, but it, it looked like a drug deal going down. I seen, it was at night. It seemed like car lights, and there was just mass confusion. I hear gunshots. I was telling you what I, what I see, gunshots. And, and God said to warn somebody tonight that it, God's not going to keep playing with your soul. you got to quit resisting him. You need to get right tonight. I'm telling you, you need to get right tonight. You're going to die lost. 
I can't explain how this, how these things happen and why God chooses a service like this. But I'll tell you why God has had this, this church has been praying. And I come to encourage the people to pray, but I come to warn somebody in the Holy Ghost. You, you need to get to an altar tonight. You know who I'm talking to. You know who I'm talking to. I want the church to stand and lift up your hands. I want some prayer warriors to travail. There's a soul that's fixing to go into eternity. This man's about to preach your funeral and you don't even know it. You better run to an altar. You don't have to go to hell. God's trying to warn you. God's trying to give you mercy. Come on, church, pray. Somebody needs us to pray. Come on, don't let pride hold you back. Please, please, it ain't going to go the way you think. You're not as tough as you think you are. There's a God that's watching, a God that's pulling. Oh, you think just one more time, just one more time, preacher, leave me alone. Just one more time, everything will go fine. You may not even plan to get involved. You may be walking down the street, walk right in the middle of a drug. I don't know what's going to happen, but I urge you in the Holy Ghost to get right with God before it's too late. Come on, nobody looking around. Nobody looking around. Please don't let pride hold you back. Please, come on, throw in the towel. Quit playing around. Quit playing around. You don't have to lay on that cold asphalt. You don't have to lay shot up. I'm telling you, God can deliver you. There's no devil that can hinder you. There's no demon that can hinder you. They'll have to come out tonight. There's no drug that can keep you bound. If you'll submit to God and resist the devil, he'll flee from Come on, everybody praying. Everybody praying. Everybody praying. Come on, come on. I'm telling you, it's here. God's trying to warn. God's trying to pull. He's pulling you. He's pulling you. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, if I could get around saying the things I felt, I'd do it. But somebody's in trouble. Somebody don't have much longer with God. Oh, let the church, church, you've been praying. Oh, don't take time to try to get in the spirit. Let the Lord usher you into the spirit. Oh, let God talk through you tonight.